Welcome to Walters Kluwer's Audit Talks podcast series, brought to you by CCH Incorporated, where we hear firsthand from audit insiders on the latest trends, news, and technologies designed to help you transform and elevate your audit and advisory practice. Hi, I'm Kathy Rowe, the Director of Product Management at Walters Kluwer, and your host for this episode of Audit Talks. Uh, my guests today are Jennifer Hogan-Camp, she's a partner at Citroen Cooperman, Fabio Bagaton, VP of Technology of Innovation at Walters Kluwer, and Vikinti Q. Manikin, Lead Engineer at Walters Kluwer. So today we have a great panel where we're really going to understand the basics of artificial intelligence and blockchain and how this new emerging technology may impact auditing both now and in the future, and really how we can start developing out that technology roadmap so that we're ready. So thank you for joining us today, Fabio, McKinty, and Jen. So let's get started, uh, Fabio, and, and uh, with questions for you. So let's understand um, really a little bit more about blockchain. Can you first tell me what exactly is a blockchain? Right. Thanks, Kathy, and hello, everybody. Yeah, so uh, the technical definition of blockchain is a peer-to-peer, -peer. so something that is not managed by a single entity, by, by different peers, and is a distributed ledger. So you can really think of it somehow as, as a database, but not as a centralized database, as a database that is distributed by the different peers that are working together. It's cryptographically secure. In other words, the information that are written in the blockchain are uh, secured by math. So often it is said that in a blockchain you trust the math and you don't trust the people. That is why it can be distributed. That can, by, it can be managed by multiple peers. It's the cryptography that ensures that information that is written there is append only, so you can only add, you cannot modify things in the blockchain. It's immutable. So what is written is written, cannot be deleted, cannot be changed. And the only way that you can really put their information is when there is consensus among the different peers using consensus algorithms. So the advantages of blockchain is that it facilitates the process of recording transactions and tracking assets in, in a business network. And when you're talking about assets, it can be anything tangible, like a house, a car, a land, or whatever, or intellectual, like intellectual property, patents, copyrights, branding, and so forth. So anything that can be traded can be recorded in a, in a blockchain network. But not only that. There are multiple possible applications of blockchains. Fundamentally, Everywhere you need to have trust between untrusted partners. So blockchain really helps with digital currencies. And we often relate uh, things like Bitcoin, Ethers, and so forth that are digital currencies with the blockchain because the blockchain is the thing that allows people that don't know themselves without intermediaries to exchange values. It can be therefore used for e-commerce, uh, for microfinance, but also as a record keeping for loyalty programs, supply chain, proof identity, or exchange of securities, equities, or even through smart contracts for digital rights management, rescue, gambling, and so forth. So it is really this secure database distributed that makes special the blockchain. 
So blockchain has been a little bit of a buzzword um, in the last several years. Can you uh, debunk that or tell us has the adoption really picked up with blockchain and what can we expect there? Yeah, so as any relatively new technology, because in any case blockchain has been around now for several years, you have a peak of infected uh, expectations that garner some time saying, and then clearly you go down to their reality. Blockchains now are at this point. So they are going through these uh, inflated expectations, especially related, as I would say, to cryptocurrencies. But now they are becoming a really usable technology. And we see a lot of activity happening in the industry using the blockchain as a supply chain mechanism that involves different parties, but especially in the finance. We have seen uh, big players coming into place, like JP Morgan creating their own network of banks to accelerate the things. And uh, recently, we have seen uh, that, uh, things like the, the Facebook Libra and PayPal coming into picture are actually influencing the central banks. We are now seeing statements about central banks, both in the U.S. and in Europe, saying that they need to start participating into this. We will see in the next two to four years, for example, the euro becoming a cryptocurrency as well. We see Wyoming that is really at the edge of innovation there. We have already the first banks uh, created and official banks based on cryptocurrencies. And, uh, and the, 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 the thing that we see is really the surge of transactions. If you think that today, every day, on in cryptocurrencies, there, there is more than $1 trillion exchanged every day, which is uh, much more than what NASDAQ does, uh, you understand that there is such an economical interest behind it that uh, it's not something that will go away. Mm -hmm. So from your vantage point of technology um, and innovation, what do you see the opportunities and challenges being for auditors to start taking advantage or, or even auditing companies that might be on a blockchain? Right. Today, if you want, one of the challenges for auditors is that uh, uh, of understanding how digital currencies, especially, are managed by the companies that they are auditing. So, it is the way that is done compliant with GAAP? How do you ensure the, the, the occurrence of a certain, of a certain coin? Uh, what are the obligations? What are the risks? Okay, if I have a company that invests in a certain crypto, is that crypto stable or is fluctuating terribly? Okay. So we have seen recently an announcement of large companies that are now investing in cryptocurrencies and using that as, as a way of saying, hey, we are innovative, we are going ahead. So is that really something that from an auditor standpoint is acceptable? Considering also that IRS, for example, is now going after taxation of cryptocurrencies and in the in this year declaration, uh, they are explicitly asking uh, to taxpayers if they are trading at all in cryptos. And so, as a challenge, uh, understanding how the company that you audit are managing cryptos is a big challenge. On the other end, from the technology standpoint, given this trust of the data that is recorded there, the, the blockchain really becomes a place where you can prove the things. Yeah. 
as more and more transactions will be recorded in the in the blockchain, you will be able to run analytics and machine learnings on the data contained in the blockchain. You can record the data that are immutable and therefore at a very high level of value. So it can also automate transactions and so forth between businesses. So yes, there are challenges and opportunities at the same time. Uh -huh. Yep, some great insights. All right, just staying with you for another few minutes, Fabio, can you please uh, just walk us through what does artificial intelligence mean? Um, so if you could define it and give us a few examples, that would be great. All right, all right. So artificial intelligence is a term that has been there now for many, many years, probably 60 years or more. And it really started with this concept of trying to translate what is going on in our brain, how human beings really reason and transform it in different ways. So at the beginning, it was going to expert systems, for example, trying to codify what is in somebody's brain and putting it into code. And then it started getting into the field of robotics and so on. But the real revolution in this year is coming from what is called machine learning, which is a subset of all the things that are, uh, that are artificial intelligence, okay? Machine learning is a different way of teaching computers. And indeed, instead of programming computers, you are teaching them to the use of data. So machine learning uses uh, neural networks. So a way of simulating the way that our brain works uh, with neurons and so forth and feeding uh, more and more data to these networks so that they are learning. Indeed, a couple of years ago, the MIT Technology Review came out with the first page saying the future of programming is teaching, isn't anymore writing code that tells what the computer should do. And, and all this is really possible because uh, the technology is changing. So we have more efficient programming languages. We have a, a, a working together in the field of artificial intelligence between many entities and sharing sources and so forth. The hardware, especially the rise of graphical process units that allow to have uh, highly parallel processes makes it easier to emulate the way that our neurons in our brain work and they, they work completely in a transparent way. And then we have a lot of data, which is a big fundamental key thing in machine learning. You need to train this network with vast amount of data. And uh, now with the internet, for example, there are large databases of information that can be used. And and, and clearly, the data should come also from clients and so forth in order to start having these machines helping auditors and other businesses doing their work. So we are not expecting these fields of artificial intelligence to replace the judgment, for example. So an auditor judgment is something that will not be easily re replaced by a machine. Okay? But uh, being able to go through uh, tons of data uh, into the details of everything is really what is changing the picture now uh, through artificial intelligence and machine learning. Yeah, no, thank you. So now that we have that basic understanding of artificial intelligence and blockchain, Vikinti, can you share with, with us how has Walter's Clover been able to start um, 
executing on this and really incorporating this new emerging technology into our solutions. If you could share how, how we go about that and some examples, that would be great. Yeah, sure. Uh, so it's fascinating, isn't it? If you look at at least artificial intelligence, what is already possible today, right? So you, we can uh, have algorithms uh, interpreting text, so natural language processing, but also voice uh, images. In fact, almost any digital uh, digitized source can be interpreted by by algorithms by machines. So where do you start, right? And within Walter's Kluwer, we've been working uh, on several use cases. The, Filling up a pipeline of experiments because that's really what they are experiments and some will fail, some will uh, hopefully succeed. And what we did is we started, of course, with the customers. So did a, a lot of interviews, observations and analysis of the workflow of an auditor, trying to grasp the uh, practice and find those uh, little processes that can be either improved, uh, you know, uh, accelerated or in some cases even eliminated if it's work that can be done by the machine in order for the process, for the auditor to add more value uh, in their time that they have. And one of the cases that we've been looking at uh, within tax and accounting, for instance, is anomaly detection to find uh, patterns within uh, financial data. We've been looking at reconciliation use cases in which we can try to streamline different streams of information. And more specifically within the audit field, we have been uh, taking a closer look at the financial disclosure process, which today still is a very manual process with lots of information and data flowing around. Uh, and we are currently setting up the experiment together with our uh, customers to improve that process and bring in artificial intelligence as part of the um, uh, solution. Great. Yeah, thank you. Definitely a lot of opportunity. So, Jen, as being a partner uh, with Citroen Cooperman or and just working in the profession, what are your thoughts in terms of what is the need to change here and, and why start using this emerging technology? Yeah, thanks, Kathy. So, good morning, everyone. I, I think, you know, even as you take a step back and you look at what the clients are expecting, you know, every we aren't the only ones hearing about about big data and data analytics. And there's so much out there that as we look at making our work more efficient and training our staff and moving into the future of audit, these are going to have to become incorporated as part of our um, that move forward. So where we can take, like McKenty said, these small tasks that we are really doing manually and how we can automate them for the future is going to have a big impact on the time it takes to do an audit and how we can train the systems and train the technology to understand kind of what we're thinking and make it less manual, especially on the checklist side or on the disclosure checklist side, and really take it that next step. I mean, also, there's so much data out there now and using it to help form these, and if I say this around the data lakes and all of these things and gathering all that data to be able to leverage it for our analytics and for expectations, uh, it's going to go a large way because we can also help um, use that data to talk with the clients, I think, in a, a more impactful way. It will allow us to see into their business a little bit more and understand what's going on, and which will then in turn help train our staff at, I think, a lower level. Yeah, for sure. I mean, if we just take a look at that financial statement disclosure um, example that Vikinti was mentioning, like how much time would you think today somebody's spending on that manual manual work of completing the checklist and adding adding the disclosures? 
It, it takes a while, and of course, it depends on the size of the client. So, you know, you have a small private company or all the way up to a public company. It can take a long time, especially if somebody's going through it with a, you know, a fine-tooth comb on a, a new client or, you know, new uh, unusual transactions that have happened. So it can take a while, and to be able to automate something like that where you dump it, you know, the, a new trial balance in, and all of a sudden the system can say, okay, well, you have these accounts, potentially, here's where we think you might, or here's where your, your um, public companies are seeing disclosures, or where other disclosures within your own firm are, you might be missing this. The, the ability for the system to be able to train it, to recognize those anomalies is huge, and I think as a reviewer even, from a you know a partner or manager's perspective, if you have uh, artificial intelligence that will help you down that path to understand where those anomalies might be, you have less risk as as an um, accounting firm that something's missing. Yeah, exactly. I think what you're highlighting is that the benefit is really twofold. One is the time savings, uh, right. and, and second, really and and. Uh, really more important is the quality, that you have more assurance of the quality and can ultimately better serve your client. Do you see other examples of how how you guys have started looking at new emerging technology to help within audit? Yeah, sure. You see it, I mean, it's as simple as document readers, right, where you can, you can analyze new agreements if you have a lot of them. I know, you know, with the adoption of the leasing standard, there's um, definitely in, in revenue recognition and being able to analyze potentially groups of, of agreements that are similar or, you know, that, that detection and the ability for this, you to be able to train the system. Now, obviously, you need that data and you need that support for it to understand and to work. Um, but it's, it's, it's simple uh, on the face of it. And, and I think the more we use those kind of technologies in our practice, the more we'll be able to train the staff. It's harder for somebody that's been doing it for 30 years to sometimes or 40 years to adopt to some of these new technologies. But I think we have to. I think it's the way the profession's going. And it can help us on so many different tasks that we perform uh, in our audit that we have to keep on top of it. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that one, two, two things that the auditors really need to get comfortable with is starting to use this new emerging technology so that they can remove manual tasks and focus in on the more high important areas. But I think the other one that you kind of alluded to was being able to work with larger data sets and make sense of it across right. you know, for your client and even across the entire industry to look for those insights and help you be more, more intelligent. What are some things that firms can do today to really start thinking about data and getting comfortable with it and, you know, maybe not jumping in the whole AI, um, you know, trying to bite off too much, but, but what's your plan? Yeah, I mean, I, I think, and back to your, even your prior question, not only is it, you know, understanding agreements, but you can take all the GL data, data now and subledgers and you can, you can, there's so many different ways to, to cut and dice, uh, depending on what systems you're using, what software, but you can use that and, and leverage it so many ways for looking at, um, analytics and expectations, like I said before. So there's, there's so many things I see in the future where the opportunities are for firms to take the data. Um, there's, you know, you can you can Google it online. You can go to CCH. You can Walters Kluwer. You can go, and there's so many different aspects of types of software that will help make the audit more efficient. 
and even more effective, like I said, for training purposes. But I think um, as we get more comfortable with working with it, as we as we use it more, I think firms should really start digging in. There's you know there's going to be potential issues with taxonomy and understanding how your your so you can leverage the data, making sure that maybe your chart of accounts for different clients are similar. So then you can start leveraging data that way. And just really doing the research and understanding what's out there and, and taking those baby steps to get people accustomed to using it so then it's not all at once and, and you're, you're trying to adopt new um, technologies. Because there are things that will help those baby steps along and, and help firms really get their feet wet with, with using this new technology because it's going to keep increasing. We're going to be able to do so many things even five years down the road from now. It just is ever-changing and evolving. So. Um, and, and if there's things that come up, you know, approach the team, approach Vacanti and say, hey, we've got this idea or I think, um, you know, a way to make it potentially better for the future and, and how we can do things more, more efficient. Yeah, I think it definitely requires a mind shift and getting comfortable in working with larger data sets and to really even begin by beginning. And, you know, I always right. go back to start start to incorporate audit data analytics as step one and really look for how in the audit methodology that you can work smarter and faster and yet more effective. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. So some great insights today. So I would like to thank you, Jen, Vicente, and Fabio for being our guest speakers today. This Audit Talks podcast series is a 2021 production of CCH Incorporated. The content is for general information purposes only and should not be considered a substitute for professional accounting and audit advice. 